Good morning. Happy Mommy's Day. You're not going to say it back to me? Oh, that, that's right. That wouldn't work, would it? <laughs> well, I, I was uh, thinking about how, uh, you know, men are kind of typically involved for a woman to become a mommy. So, right? That, that's what I understand, you know. So I thought we'd have a little fun on Mother's Day. This may make some of you mommies laugh some. I need you to know something about men and women. Little thing you need to know. Very important thing. Here it is. Women are crazy. Men are stupid. <laughs> and the main reason women are crazy is because men are stupid. <laughs> right? <laughs> I got another one. We got another one. Uh, moms worry about things, right? I mean, moms worry and worry and worry for some good reasons. One of the things many of you worry about is your weight. So here's something that will make you feel a whole lot better. There was a recent study found, finding that women who carry a little bit of extra weight live longer than men who mention it. That make you feel better? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, moms, that thing called worry is our topic today. We're in the third week of our series called What If? What If? And the purpose of the series is to explore possibilities where we can abandon some bad habits and develop some good habits. It's about ditching some bad ideas and gaining some good ideas. So that our lives can become effective, more productive, more satisfying. Last week we looked at what I refer to as the most difficult one. Changing the way we think. I mean, that is really hard. This week we'll look at the most futile of human tendencies. And moms, because of your unbelievably difficult job, this is a great topic for you especially. We're talking about the habit of of worry. Worry. Now these two topics, taking control of your thoughts and getting over the worry habit, are closely connected. Here's something Jesus talked about. It's in the, the uh, Gospel of Matthew. Let me read what he says. I tell you, do not worry. That's how he starts. Don't worry about your life or what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about your body and what you will wear. Isn't there, more, uh, isn't there more important meanings to life than eating? Aren't there more important things for the body than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't plant or gather crops. They don't put away crops in storerooms. But your Father who is in heaven feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they are? Can you add even one hour to your life by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the wildflowers grow. They don't work or make clothing. But here is what I tell you. Not even Solomon in all of his glory was dressed like one of these flowers. If that is how God dresses the wild grass, won't he dress you even better? After all, the grass is here only today. Tomorrow it's thrown into the fire. Your faith is so small. So don't worry. Don't say, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? 
People who are ungodly run after all those things. Your Father who is in heaven knows that you need them. But put on, put God's kingdom first. Do what he wants you to do. Then all those things will also be given to you. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Some good words there. Good words. A guy named Seth Godin. He uh, wrote an April Fool's Day blog. It was a post about a new app being developed called the Worry App. The Worry App. It's a handy software program that compiles everything that the web knows about you, including things you don't even know about yourself. And it's able to compute the things you actually should be worrying about. Seth wrote, Instead of spending time fruitlessly fretting about things that are extremely unlikely to happen, now you can experience failure in advance on issues that are actually more likely to happen. <laughs> Worry about the right stuff. Your sleepless nights will now be more productive because you can be sleepless about the right things. <laughs> okay, so it's a spoof. But one thing about it is something we can think about. What if? What if an app really could exist that tells us all the right things to worry about. All the items that are on your list. What items are on your list? Actually, Christ followers already have such an app. It's one that lists everything we worry about. Plus, it offers a great alternative. Here's how it goes. Don't be anxious about anything. That pretty much covers the list, doesn't it? <laughs> Don't be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, what about the problems with worry? There are some problems. Here's a couple. Worry causes health problems. And we all know that. We all see programs on TV about stress and what it does to your life. When you begin to take a look at worry, you see that it causes nothing but trouble in your life. This is a very interesting tidbit. The old English word from which we get this word worry, it originally meant to choke. To choke. Worry has a choking quality about it. It causes all kinds of health problems. It leads to greater anxiety. It leads to sleeplessness. It leads to loss of appetite. Or even worse for some people, it, it leads to overeating or uh, headaches, acid reflux, high blood pressure, ulcers, even respiratory problems. Simply put, a lifelong habit of worry will drive you to an early grave. Worry keeps you from enjoying the moment. That's another problem with this stuff. Keeps you from enjoying the moment. To use an old cliche, worry doesn't just remove years from your life, it removes the life from your years. It prevents you from getting the most out of today. Have you ever found yourself in a beautiful setting? The sun's shining, the the sky is clear, the air is fresh, it's filled with beautiful colors all around. 
almost a perfect moment, but you can't enjoy it because you're obsessed with some potential problem. I've been there more times than I can count. <laughs> I've often thought this. Wouldn't it be really nice if I didn't have any problems to deal with? I always assumed that I could stop worrying. And, and then if I stopped worrying, I wouldn't have any problems. But the problems just never go away, do they? When one gets solved, another one takes its place. So I always had something to worry about and, and always a reason to think of that instead of getting the most out of my day. That's what worry does to you. Corey Tin Boons once said this, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. So true, so true. And here's the worst of all. The worst problem about worry is that it's actually a sin. For all of us who follow Christ, it's a sin to worry. Worry stems from a lack of faith. And anything is not of faith, the Bible calls a sin. It's pretty hard there. When we worry, we're saying in effect, God, this problem is just too big for you to handle. And I can't put my trust in you to get me through it. That's a destructive attitude. Today's message is designed to encourage us to abandon the worry habit and develop a new, empowering habit of trusting God and walking in faith, faith in Jesus Christ. Well, what good will this stuff do? If you're willing to give up worry, your life's going to get better, just like all these things we're talking about in this series. A couple of things here. You'll learn to focus on what's important. You'll get the focus thing working. An old proverb says, worry often gives small things a big shadow. When we worry, we tend to overemphasize the significance of less than significant things. That's why Jesus said, I tell you, do not worry. Don't worry about what you eat or drink or what you're going to wear. Most of the things we worry about are trivial. They really are, because that's what mostly happens in our lives. Trivial things, day-to-day -day things. And especially they're trivial when, when you compare them to the ultimate concerns of life and eternity. Time magazine ran an article a few years ago about a sergeant who had been wounded in the neck. He had some shell fragment going there and needed several transfusions. When he awoke, he had a tube down his throat and he couldn't talk. So he wrote a note to the doctor. He asked, will I live? The doctor said, yes. So he wrote another note. Will I be able to speak again? The doctor said, yes. So he smiled and wrote another note and said, then what in the world am I worried about? <laughs> another good thing about getting rid of worry is you'll recognize the provision of God. That's why Jesus said, if that's how God dresses the wild grass... Won't he dress you? Don't you mean more to him than grass? Not only are most of the things we worry about trivial, in my experience, most of the things we worry about never come to pass. They never even happen. Thomas Jefferson once said, how much pain they have cost us. 
the evils which have never happened. And in my experience, the reason why these worries don't come to pass is because God provides for us each and every day in each and every situation. It's not that we just luck out at the last minute. It's that God comes through for us because he's good, he's faithful. When you're willing to let go of worry, you can see more clearly how he provides for you. So here's the question. How do we deal with this? How do we put it into practice? How do we let go of worry? Well, I've got three steps we can take to help us put worry in its place. Three kind of checkpoints. The first one is this. Check your priorities. Just take a moment and check your priorities. In the main text we're looking at today, Matthew 6, Jesus preached on the topic of worry. But it's interesting that before he talks about dealing with worry, he talks about dealing with priorities. He reminds us to not lay up treasures on earth, but go after treasures in heaven. He reminds us that we cannot serve two masters. It's just impossible to serve God completely and money completely. And he tells us here, put God's kingdom first. Do what he wants you to do. Then all the other stuff falls into place. Worry is a signal that something isn't right. And it is usually related to our priorities. When we worry, it's because we're putting something ahead of God. That means when we worry, we're leaving God out. When we get wrapped up in worry, we should ask ourselves, what have I put ahead of God in this situation? If you're worried about something, it may be because you put too high a priority on something else. Uh, what do you worry about? Think of what you worry about. Do you worry about what the neighbors think? Well, there are things in life more important than their opinion, right? You worry about your job. Your job isn't the last job on earth. May not be your last job. Are there any other jobs out there? Are you worried about a promotion? There won't, this won't be the last promotion. There'll be other chances. There are more than things, more than life than promotions. Are you worried about the stock market? This isn't the first or the last downward trend in our nation's economy. Certainly won't be one that will last forever. There are more important things in life than the value of your stock portfolio. We worry about the things that we're not sure of. So make an effort to reshift or rethink your priorities. Jesus said the most important thing is to seek his kingdom, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The second way to deal with worry is to check your prayer life. Get your priorities th thought about and then check your prayer life. Just as worry is a signal that something isn't right, it's also a signal to tell us that we need to devote a little more time to prayer. Let's look again at that passage in Philippians that Paul said. Don't be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which goes beyond our understanding, will come in. 
Prayer has the power to remove worry and anxiety, remove it from your life, and replace it with peace. If you'll just give it a chance. I mean, there was a professional fundraiser I talked to once, and he told me that the number one reason people do not give to a capital campaign is because no one ever asks them. It's the number one reason. It's obvious. If a person is never given the opportunity to give, they probably won't. The same can be said about our prayer life. James said, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. It's as simple as that. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God. Why? For some reason, instead of asking God to help us through a situation, we choose to fret over it. You know what that word fret comes from? Think of those big two-man saws and those teeth in there. Those are called frets. That's where that comes from. Fret, just rip it up, tear up your life. Fret, fret, fret. Instead of trusting God to work things out, we choose to worry about things. And in doing so, we miss out on a wonderful privilege given to every child of God. Paul says that you can present your request to God. That means that in any problem, in any situation, you have permission, to be more exact, you have kind of a direct order, to make a request to God, telling him exactly what you want to happen. Wouldn't you call that a privilege? Now, you may get it in a different way that you're asking, but he's listening, and how are you going to get it unless you ask him? We have a tendency to want to handle the little things, and then all we do is change our thinking, and then we want to bother God with the big things. Well, I guess I have to bother him on this one. I don't know where we get that from. There are two problems with that kind of thinking. First of all, it's all small stuff to God. All of it's small stuff, even your big things. Small, easy for God to do. Second thing, if we don't let God help us with the day-to-day -day problems, with the worries of these little things, well, how can we trust him to take care of the toughies? The big, giant things. When you pray about everything, you'll begin to see God's power in your life. You'll begin to see it at work. You'll begin to see it in your neighborhood, in your family, at school, wherever. And, and these little inconveniences will not only get taken care of, so will the major crises. The Apostle Peter tells us to cast all our anxiety on him because he cares for you. We don't bother him. He cares about us. In my life, I've noticed an inverse correlation between prayer and worry. How much I do of one determines how much I do of the other. You ever notice that? If you're a worry wart and you start praying, it gives you less time to be a worry wart because you're praying. If you want to get rid of worry, focus on praying more. Now, here's the third thing you can do. Check your practices. What you do, 
That's what I mean. You take action in the right direction. Dale Carnegie said that if you have a worry problem, you should do these three things. Ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? You know, just go ahead. What's the worst that could possibly happen? And then he says, prepare to accept it if you have to, <laughs> which it usually doesn't happen. And then he says, calmly proceed to improve on the worst. Now, here's the magic in that formula. It's taking action. It's doing something about it. Many people resign themselves to the worries uh, that do nothing. You know, they, they, the worries do nothing. They do nothing. They tell themselves nothing can be done except to wait for the worst to happen. And as a result, their worries get larger and bigger. Things get worse and worse. Doing nothing fertilizes anxiety. It causes your worry, uh, your worry to spread out of control. But taking action is kind of like weed killer for worry. Paul said, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. The key phrase here is put it into practice. Just as there is a correlation between worry and prayer, there's a correlation between worry and action. The more you do of one, the less you do of the other. Worry is a signal that something isn't right. It's not part of God's plan for your life. He never promises us a, a life without rain or without sorrow or struggles, but he does promise us a life without worry. So when worry creeps into your life, you could say it's a call to action. When you're worried, it's time to make some changes. So moms, today I want you to think about one worry in your life. Just, just pick one out and think about it. One worry. Could be your health, your finances, your marriage, your children. Choose one just for a moment. And with that particular topic of worry in your mind, ask yourself some questions. By the way, this works for all of us. Don't tell the moms, but this is for everybody. Okay? Ask questions. What are my priorities here? This thing I'm thinking about, what are my priorities? Am I seeking God first in this situation, or am I seeking me first? Am I trusting him, or am I trusting me do I want what he wants or do I want what I want? What are my priorities? Second question, have I prayed about this? I'm not saying you haven't. I'm just saying ask yourself, have I prayed about it? Has it been a matter of prayer? Am I praying biblically? Am I praying with faith? Am I casting my worries on him in prayer? Or am I giving the matter just some lip service and not really letting it go? Third question, have I taken action in the direction of my worry? Here's what I've noticed. When I take a small step, even a seemingly pathetically small step, if I take that in the direction of my worries, God gives me a disproportionate amount of peace in that matter. I take a small step and he removes a huge chunk. 
Also, if you look back, you notice that the steps that you take, I don't know, they really were kind of small steps. And they were pretty easy to take in hindsight. The truth is, moms, we all struggle with this. We all hang on to our worries like they're a dear, precious friend. But what if? What if we could let go of our worries? What if we seek God first and trust God the most and follow Him the best we can? If we do, I believe we can get victory over that worry and our lives can be better. And I just have a hunch that today moms and all of us can have a better Mother's Day than we thought we'd have because we're letting go of some worry letting go of some worry. Let's pray together. Father God, this is easier said than done, just like all these things we're looking at in this series, but you promised it. You promised if we give you our worry, you'll give us peace in return. And you can give so much more than we can give anyway. So we do believe that, that our worry is minute, compared to your great peace. We can't even understand your peace, but we can sure sense it. We can sure feel it. So would you help us in this area, God? Father, would you bless every single mom in here? Would you allow us to bless moms? And God, would you keep us moving toward you? Keep us getting better at this stuff called life drawing nearer to you so you can draw near to us. And we thank you for this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, moms, when you leave, be sure to pick up a flower. We have a flower for all the moms out there. You'll pick them up from the ushers. And also get one of the baby bottles to fill up with change so we can give to the ministry uh, for the people with unplanned pregnancies and all that. So, Two things for you to get involved with and enjoy the flowers. Enjoy your day. Happy Mommy's Day. <laughs>